Usually, more than 3,000 people flock to Life Center on Sunday mornings. But since the pandemic, the church has had to go digital. They've still managed to serve the Spokane community by raising more than $250,000 for Second Harvest Food Bank and collecting more than 5,000 pounds of food. Their next task is figuring out how to digitize their epic vacation Bible school. Welcome to Faves Forward, a new podcast about how faith communities are staying connected during this coronavirus pandemic. I'm Tracy Simmons. pastor at Life Center in Spokane. I've been the lead pastor there for 42 years and uh, we are right now in the process of transition. I'm handing the leadership baton over to my son Michael. Uh, It's a two-year transition and we're uh, two-thirds of the way through it. So we're in the in kind of the last leg in January. I'll pass the baton. He'll become the lead pastor and I'll work for him. So I'm not going to retire. I'm going to stay on staff. And uh, I still have lots of energy and vision, things I want to do. So I'll keep doing that. But let uh, let a younger man take the helm. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Wow. Um, I was wondering if you were starting to take a step back because I noticed on the website, um, I didn't see a lot, your face a whole lot on some of the digital stuff that, that you guys are posting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've already, uh, you know, Michael has already become more the face of the church and mm-hmm. He's speaking uh, probably two-thirds of the time. I'm doing a third or less. Uh, he's leading all of the significant meetings, um, and I'm, I'm coaching. Yeah, so we're, we're well underway. I mean, have you been a pastor more than 42 years, or has this been your only church? Uh, well, I was a youth pastor in Eugene for almost eight years. Okay. So, so yeah. 50 years as a pastor. 50 years total. Wow. And... It, have you ever encountered anything like what our country is going through right now? Where oh um, no, no, nothing, nothing even close in terms of a you know a protracted, long uh, shutdown like this. Yeah. And what is it like for to be going through this as your in your final year? Oh man, it's a bummer. <laughs> Simply put, I was telling a friend the other day that. Um, my, my last Easter as the lead pastor, you know, and I was preaching the Easter services. I mean, normally we do six services at our building and 10,000 people come. And instead I'm standing in my living room talking to my iPhone all by myself. It was just weird. So yeah, not, not how I envision, you know, the, the last year, certainly. Right. It, it is what it is too. You have to adapt on the fly. So Absolutely. And there's still Christmas. (laughs) We can still hope for Christmas, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So 10,000 people. So um, is that, so that's for your Easter services. On average, how many people would you say attend Life Center? On on an average, uh, between about 3,500 people show up on a weekend. Okay. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. Um, For this podcast so far, I've been talking to, um, clergy who tend to have smaller congregations. And so, and they're having a hard time, you know, of course, trying to keep everyone engaged. And I imagine for a larger 
church, it's even, you have different challenges. So what are the challenges you guys are facing? Well, yeah, that's, I mean, you just named it and that's to keep everyone engaged. And, um, you know, we, we're doing all kinds of things. We've put our services online and we're, we're running them. They're recorded earlier in the week, but then they're run at our regular service times to kind of maintain that rhythm. And, uh, you know, and our viewership has been, the numbers have been good in terms of viewing, but, you know, you use the word engaged. And I'm not sure how engaged you are, you know, when you just sit and watch a service on a screen. Um, to me, I mean, church is all about people. And it's about connecting with people. It's not just content. I can deliver the content over the screen. But to really connect with someone eye to eye, to have a conversation, to engage, to ask the questions, that's, that's a lot harder to do. You know, so we're doing other things too. Obviously, our small groups, um, are, we're doing lots of Zooming. Uh, like this, you know, we're doing, I, I'm on Zoom meetings all day long, it seems like, you know, with different folks. Um, we have a, a care team that's making phone calls, uh, starting with the elderly. And, uh, you know, they've called, I don't know how many, I know it's well over a thousand people now they've called and just, you know, call and check on and see how you're doing. I usually send out one email a week to the whole church. I'm sending out one every day. Again, just to try to stay connected, uh, over-communicate, I mean, all of that. Yeah, so we're doing all kinds of things. The, the key question that you, you know, that you raised is, are people engaged? And I, that's really hard to measure. Yeah, I mean, I teach journalism classes, and I'm, I teach students how to, how to measure engagement with, are people commenting and are people mm-hmm. liking your posts? But I think when it comes to having a faith community that you can't measure it in the same way at all. Yeah. So that is a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's more difficult. Um, how big is your ministry team? So you mentioned your son, so it's not just the two of you. I don't think doing no, that. Our, we have, we have 50 people on staff. That's paid staff. And then beyond that, of course, we have hundreds and hundreds of uh, volunteers who who really, we say it all the time. They're the lifeblood of the church. I mean, they're the people doing, all the hands-on stuff, they're amazing. That's good. And everyone's becoming um, techies right now, <laughs> whether they want to or not. Yes. I saw you guys made a website just for online church. Well, actually, what we did was we, um, there, uh, another church, a large, large church over in uh, Oklahoma, actually created um, the template for church online and um they're the same church that created the U version of the bible and give that away for free well they did the same thing with this online church template and uh very generous of them and of course before this thing broke there were i i don't know a few hundred or a few thousand churches who were using it and then when it broke of course that went to tens of thousands of churches using it so the first couple of weeks it was a little dicey their system was overloaded but yeah, what we've done is taken their template and then we've dressed it up. We have some very, very talented people, you know, musically and graphically who, you know, they, they, they make it really eye appealing. And, uh, and then our, our kids team has put together a kids service that follows immediately after the, the regular service. And they've just, they're, they're amazing. They're so creative and so fun and energetic and yeah, they've done a beautiful job with that. But yeah, this, the online portal itself already existed and we just plugged into it. 
Okay, just kind of adapted it for what would fit you guys better. For us. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then on your homepage for the website, it says church has never been easier. Yes. <laughs> That's on our website, just our regular website. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I'm trying to trying to capital, you know, you, 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 if you, life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, right? <laughs> and so since we can't meet together, we go, okay, well, what are the upsides? Well, gosh, you can go to church in your pajamas. You, know, you don't have to leave your house. You can, <laughs> it's over in 45 minutes. I mean, there's all these positives. And we're trying to trying to put the best spin we can on it. Yeah, to yeah. <laughs> make it kind of fun. Yeah. You have hymns tonight, and I think you have a midweek uh, women's study, uh, those types of things. Is that something that's normal, or are those components that you've added um, because of the pandemic? Uh, some of those are normal. So we, have a, we typically have a midweek women's Bible study. But we've added things, you know, like the little hymns thing uh, and a midweek worship thing. Yeah, and by the way, what that particular format does, uh, that, that online channel uh, allows us not only to broadcast our services at service times, but we can actually, I mean, we have a, our name on our particular channel and we can broadcast all day long. And so we actually created a schedule and, you know, they're running old sermons, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> like a TV channel, you know, here's last year's reruns. And, <laughs> and the truth is, you know, the, at first, you know, people were a little shocked and unsettled and we're looking for, you know, for more feedback, more content, all that stuff. And now as we've kind of settled in, I think it's become uh, less, we've seen the numbers participating in some of those extra things go down. Our regular service numbers have stayed pretty high, but some of the extra things have, the numbers have shrunk quite a bit as people have kind of gotten into a rhythm, I think, and said, oh yeah, I, I don't need to go to church every night of the week. Yeah, I noticed the from the archives section. Yeah, yeah, from the archives. <laughs> have, have you noticed any particular uh, topics that are gaining more traction than you expected? Oh, I, yeah, I, I couldn't answer that because I really don't follow those numbers. Okay. So. Do you think some of these uh, new things you've implemented, kind of the streaming, you know, archives and things like that, and the, the online hymns will continue once we're able to meet in person again? Uh, I do think some of them will. I think... Although, first of all, let me back up and say, you know, our, like our, that care calling team I mentioned, you know, it's dozens of volunteers who are just making phone calls to check on people. Uh, I love that. And I think that will continue afterwards and hopefully even grow. I think that's, a, that's just a sweet contact. And uh, it's been fun because people get a phone call and they're surprised. Oh, you're calling just to see how I am, how sweet, you know. And so, uh, and that's old school. That's the telephone, yeah. Uh, but yeah, online, uh, we'll, once we're back doing regular services in the church, we will stream those live. Uh, we'll continue to do that for a variety of reasons. And then uh, some of the other things that we're, we're offering, I think some of them will fall by the wayside, but some of them will kind of find their way into our diet, so to speak. Definitely. For the care calling, is everyone healthy in your church? Do you have anyone with COVID right now or have you lost anybody? Uh, we haven't lost anyone that we know of, and uh, I've only known of one person that's had COVID that I, that I know of mm -hmm. in our church. My niece had it. Oh, my goodness. And I, yeah, and I just interviewed her, but this is a, it's a fun story. I interviewed her this last week on Instagram Live. Whitney is an ER nurse, and uh, actually she does all kinds of nursing, but 
she specializes in emergency care and she works with uh, a Christian aid agency that has in the last four years sent her all over the world. She's been, um, she was in Iran in Mosul uh, while the war was raging there in a tent hospital, uh, taking care both of soldiers from both sides of the war, as well as civilians caught in the middle. Uh, she's been in Bangladesh. She's been, she was in the Congo last year in the Ebola outbreak. And she went to Italy uh, in March at the height of the pandemic there in Italy and uh, has been there for two months. And unfortunately, she contracted the disease, and which is kind of amazing because if you looked at them, they're, they're suited up in hazmat suits. You know, you wonder how they could get it, but she did. And uh, they finished their work there. And when I was taught, the day I talked to her last week, all of her compatriots were packing up and coming home. <laughs> and she's stuck there, can't leave Italy until she has two uh, negative tests. And her test that day had just come back positive again. So... She's got another week or two to go. But uh, yeah, she described, you know, her service around the world, but also it was really an interesting interview, but also just described her symptoms and, you know, how she had felt and how she was feeling now. It was interesting. And you were interviewing her for your church, like on the church channel? Yeah, it was on, it was on Life Center Spokane's Instagram. Yeah, live. Yeah. That's neat. I'm, I hope she gets to come home soon. I hope so too. Yeah. Does she live in Spokane? No, she actually uh, splits her time between hospitals in Nashville and Seattle. Okay. Switching gears a little bit to your kids. You mentioned your kids team. Yeah. For the church. So you have, you're engaging or you're using Zoom to engage or to try to engage anyway <laughs> with elementary, middle, high school and college kids. Is that right? Well, we use Zoom with the older groups, with high school, middle school and college. And uh, grade school on down, uh, there's programming that we put on that channel you mentioned. And, uh, and so that programming is available on Sundays, but then also they have kind of, again, some repeat stuff that shows up uh, most mornings, I think. All yeah. right. So for the older kids, you know, junior high on up, uh, junior high, high school, college age, yeah, then it's more Zoom and uh, they do a thing kind of all together. Then Zoom has a breakout capability where you can send them off into breakout rooms so they can go into their small groups and meet with their small groups and discuss. And so that's far more engaging and interactive. Um, the younger kids, it's more, you know, watching, watching on the screen. And, but it's fun stuff. They're singing and jumping and dancing and doing crafts, all kinds of things. Yeah, I saw some uh, clips that your staff put together, some of the fun moments from the, oh, yeah. from the kids. Yeah, you seem to have a pretty uh, robust kids team. Yes, they're amazing. They're like, they're very creative. Yeah. What are some other creative things that they're doing that, that you want to talk about? Well, gosh, I would, I, you know, what they're thinking about right now, because this is camp, typically we're scrambling to get ready for camps right now. Right. And our teams, um, our kids team, our middle school and high school teams, I mean, they, uh, they are the, they're the gold star standard for summer camp. I mean, it's, what they do is unbelievable. It's truly amazing. And they've been working on all this, you know, for months, all kinds of things are ready to go. And they just decided this last week they have to cancel. Mm. But uh, yeah, there's just no way they're going to be able to cram 
six, 700 kids into a camp right now. So they are discussing some, okay, so what can we do? You know, and this is what I love about them. They're saying, okay, here's, you know, one of our big things we put time and energy into. We can't do it. What can we do? And they're, they're thinking very creatively about some ways to still engage students over the summer. Yeah, I'm sure that's a challenge. I'll keep an eye out and, and help spread the word as, as you guys uh, figure you. that out, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that you have a prayer line where people can call in and ask yeah. for, for prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your sense? What, what are people praying about? What do they need prayer for right now? What's on people's hearts that you're seeing? Well, of course, there's stuff related to, you know, the pandemic and the loss of jobs, uh, you know, the things that you would expect. Uh, and then the other thing, no, not surprisingly, is just like I just got a prayer sheet today and it's just what we typically get. It's, you know, it's people's friends and family who are in need, whether it's, you know, illness or loss of job or whatever it might be. Uh, it's people's marriages, their kids, their personal struggles, loneliness. I mean, it's the whole gamut of human need. And uh, yeah, people send those in. We have a great prayer team that pray and it also goes to all of our staff. Uh, we get it and pray for people and, and we try to follow up if people put a number on there, uh, you know, usually indicating that they'd like a call, then we try to call them and talk with them and pray with them personally. What's it like to have prayer meetings with your staff over, you know, Zoom or, or the phone? Because <laughs> usually, you know, you're in a room together and there's, yeah. it's just different. <laughs> it, it is different. It's, uh, so our staff, our whole staff, all 50 of us meet every week on Wednesday afternoon on Zoom. And, uh, and then one of the things we do is we take about 15 or 20 minutes and go to the breakout rooms. And it's fun because the, our Zoom master just has it on random. So he just hits a button and it just splits us all up randomly into different rooms. So every week you're with someone else, which is really kind of cool because we're getting to see each other. We don't get to see each other all week, you know, and we're used to, I'm used to being in the office all week with these people. So that's really nice. We'll take the first, you know, half of that time just to talk. How are you doing? How can we pray for you? And um, we're, you know, one of the things that we're really used to doing is praying conversationally, uh, very, very naturally. And so those little breakout rooms are great for that. And it works terrific. Um, it'd be a different story if it was all 50 of us. But when there's three or four or five, it's, it's really doable. Yeah. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it is fun. It's, uh, it's actually my favorite part of the staff meeting. You know, we do all the business we have to do, but then that's my favorite part, just to connect and hear how we're doing and pray for each other. <laughs> that's great. And you had a busy weekend. I saw you guys had the drive-through fundraiser. Um, yes. So tell me, tell me how that went and what you guys did. Well, that just kind of blew my mind how generous people were. It was, um, we still don't have the final total, but, but we do know that what's come in so far was almost uh, like $140,000, not counting what we matched. And we matched 125. So the total right now is at almost $270,000. And um, uh, yeah, and kind of what happened was, so the first three weeks of this whole thing, you know, our offering, we, you know, you pass the hat in church and we, we couldn't do that. And uh, the first three weeks, our offerings were, whoosh, they were way, way down. And enough, you know, that I'm going, oh my, this is really going to be interesting. What are we going to do? And then starting in week four, it's kind of like people got their footing. And 
things not just not only stabilized, but our offerings went back up above budget uh, and have been above budget every week. And then we had some donors who just gave extra. And so we were at one of our meetings here a couple of weeks ago, one of our leaders raised the question, you know, hey, God's blessed us above budget. Maybe this would be a good time to give some of that away. And so someone tossed out a number and it was a, it was a modest number. We debated it and someone else said, well, what if we did something that stretched our faith? What if we did something that sounded scary? Like, like I, so I said, like what? And someone said, what if we gave away $100,000? And, and, and cause that's a lot for us too, you know? And we talked with our leaders about that. We talked with our church council, our financial council. They got really excited about it. We had one of our leaders say, if you're going to do that, I'll write a check for an additional 25. So we said, well, then what if we did a fundraiser and we said, we got 125 and we'll match everything up to that. And oh my word, people just were so generous. Yeah. And besides the money, they gave over 10,000 pounds, over five tons of food. They filled the whole truck up. And yeah, and plus it was just a fun event. We had car bowling and spin the wheel for prizes. And <laughs> it's like a social distance carnival almost. Yeah. 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 In fact, we had thought about calling it a carnival, like C-A-R, carnival. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And how did you guys choose who to fundraise for? Well, um, there was some discussion about that. And we have lots of community partners and all of them deserving um, but right now, Second Harvest is facing a huge, huge need. You know, they're feeding 50,000 people more than they normally do. And that number corresponds to the 46,000 people who've lost their jobs in our county, I think. And uh, their CEO told me, he said, every mobile food distribution that they've done, you know, where they go out and give food away, he said, they run out of food before the line runs out. He said, we were just, we're just tapped out. And uh, we thought, well, that's a pretty basic human need. That would be a good way to serve our community. And, and uh, the cool thing is the, the amount of money and the food we raised is something like 1.5 million meals or something. It's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was, that was just a fun thing to be part of. Yeah. And, and it's definitely needed. And I think people want to help right now. And that's a, that's a way people could help. Yep. Yeah, it's very tangible and simple. Mm -hmm. But you're right. A lot of donations for a lot of churches were, were in decline. Um, yeah. A lot of them are still in decline. So it'll be interesting to see how, how some churches, if they are able to come out of this okay. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. Well, and yeah, and depending on how long this goes, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it affects all of us. We're still pretty early into it. Yeah. Are, are you guys talking about plans to return and what that would look like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're discussing that. We had a big meeting about that today and are wanting to be, of course, so, so here's the tension. On the one hand, we want to be respectful of the governor's guidelines. And um, on the other hand, you know, we also, I think there are a number of us. I'll speak for myself. How's that? Uh, I think, you know, that Spokane is not Seattle. And, uh, you know, we've, the big fear was that this thing would get out of control, that it would overwhelm our medical system. 
And in reality, if you go to the hospitals right now, they're like a ghost town. You know, I mean, you know, they we're keeping people away to keep those beds open. Well, we haven't needed them. I think you know we have. I think we're down to single digits now in terms of how many COVID patients are actually in the hospital in Spokane, less than ten, and we have twelve hundred beds. And so anyway, all that to say, I just think that there are some things we could do to loosen the restrictions wisely, cautiously. Um, I think, you know, our mayor uh, has been talking with the governor about that, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. But, uh, and, and then there are obviously, and again, everyone can debate all this endlessly. <laughs> so again, this make it clear, just my opinion, but there are things where you look and you go, okay, this store, this huge chain store can be open and they have hundreds of people there in the parking lot and in the store. And this little mom and pop over here is closed down and can't do their business. And, you know, it's like, really? I mean, can't we open that back up? And again, do it wisely and say, hey, this many people in this much space and wear your mask. And so anyway, I just, I think there's some things we could do differently, but that's just my opinion. Sure. A lot of the churches that I've talked to so far, because they're smaller, I think it'll be maybe a little bit easier for them to kind of ease back into the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine for with 3,500 people on a, on a Sunday over all your services, it might be a little bit harder for you guys. I guess you're going to have to break it into smaller services or programs, or what do you guys think that might have to look yeah, like? Yeah, that's what we're talking about is what does it look like? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, in phase three, groups of 50 can meet, and larger groups not until phase four. So we're, we, we really wouldn't be able to open up you know, do what we normally do until phase four. And even then they still might require some social distancing, you know, some caution. And even then I, we have, you know, we have people whose immune systems are compromised. We're going to stay home for a while, even after we open. And we understand that. Yeah. So we're trying to figure it out, Tracy. I mean, if you've got a brilliant idea, tell us, but uh, we're, you know, we're obviously trying to get our small groups, to start, I mean, a lot of our small groups are Zooming right now, and we're looking forward to the time, you know, when that phase two, we get to five people, what does it look like to take a small group of 10 and break it into two fives and let them meet? And yeah, yeah we're trying to figure all that out. Might be a hybrid of some kind, too. Yes. Yep. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we do 70 services of 50 each. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work for you. Oh, brother. <laughs> oh, goodness. What words of wisdom, I guess, do you have for this tension that's building in society right now over, over oh, all of this? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, hope people, I hope people will be patient with each other. It's okay to have differing opinions. I don't expect everyone to agree with my opinion, you know. But, and I think it's fine to express your opinion, but I think it needs to be done. We need to learn how to express our opinions fully, how to listen to the other person, how to engage in effective dialogue. And our country's not really good at that right now. You know, we tend to be really polarized and people land on one side or the other and, you know, hurl angry invective at the other side. And um, that's just not helpful. That's not helpful. So, you know, an example, uh, I may not agree with every detail of the governor's plan, but I don't have to call him an imbecile. I don't have to, you know, you know what I'm saying? 
uh, I, I can have a, an honest dialogue about those details without resorting to name calling and uh, or slander or attacking his character. And so I, I hope all of us can get a little better at that. Definitely. Be patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a hard time, and we're all. It's a. Hard, we've never been through it. We're all trying to figure it out. I'm. I'm making my best guesses. <laughs> I think we all are. You know that kind of goes back. You know, reframing the first question I I asked you about. You know, being a a pastor for forty two years at this church, fifty years total. Obviously, the country's never been through this. But what has fifty years of ministry taught you? do you think to kind of help you lead in this moment? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I think the advantage of 50 years of experience is I'm far less reactive than I used to be. Uh, and I'm far more uh, tempered in my opinions uh, and far more willing to listen to other people. And those are good traits. I wish I could take them back 50 years ago. <laughs> I wish I had the energy from 50 years ago and the wisdom from today. That would be a nice combo, wouldn't it? I like it. Yeah. That's good. And those are lessons you can kind of pass on to Mike right now. Yeah. So I've, in all, with all the clergy I've talked to, everyone's is very busy right now. But what, what are you doing in your, in your free time? Oh, man. Well, I am very busy, too. It's, uh, my schedule is very full. But uh, I mentioned, uh, you know, I try to take a, a daily walk. I don't get to do it every day, but most days, take a walk with my wife, go out and enjoy the outdoors. That's, that is restorative for me, being outdoors. Um, I've managed to play golf through this. Uh, <laughs> and uh, socially distanced golf, which has been but again, fun to get out. Uh, you mentioned my motorcycle. I've taken a couple rides with friends. And again, that's all these things are outdoors. And being outdoors, like I said, is restorative for me. It's healthy. I love to read. I'm a big reader. So I've always got several books going. I'm the same way. I'm a, outdoors as much as I possibly can. If not, yep. there's a book <laughs> somewhere. Yep. Yep. Anything you want to say to our listeners before we we wrap up and um, I know a lot of people right now are just kind of feeling anxious and uh, kind of sick yeah. of all this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a pretty universal feeling, you know, on Saturday when the cars were all driving through at the church for the, for the big fundraiser. Uh, that was the thing I heard over and over again. We're ready for this to be over. You know, we're anxious to get back to, you know, some semblance of, of what was at least normalcy and, um, yeah, and, and we'll get there. I think that's the thing to remember is we'll get there. And, you know, someday we'll look back and tell stories about this. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll have some interesting stories to tell, no doubt. But uh, yeah, so I, I think one of the little sayings that comes to my mind is be kind because everybody you meet is having a hard time. And that's especially true right now. I think everybody for different reasons is, this is, a, it's hard. This is a struggle. So be kind, cut people some slack, be gracious, yeah. And uh, I'm just really encouraging the folks in my church, you know, this is a time when you, you know, you've got a little extra time to do some work on your faith and uh, spend a little extra time in prayer, 
Take that extra time, open the Bible, let God speak to you. Drop your roots down deep. You know, we often say, oh, I'm too busy to do that stuff. And most of us have some extra time right now that we can do that. So it's a good time to do that. That was Pastor Joe Whitwer talking about using this time in quarantine to grow deeper in our faith. Thanks for listening to Faves Forward, which you can find on our website, SpokaneFaves.com, or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you like this podcast, be sure to share it with your friends. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.